0: August 8, 2004, it's a Watch From Pedro show. Watch from Pedro show, August 8th, 2004 edition. The sun was out early, Brother Matt. Yeah, it was like a real day today. But bro, Third night in a row, I had a late night with gigs. So, so you know, I, I popped it like 7.30 and I missed it. You know, <laughs> I haven't had a sunrise since I got back from tour because of the well, fog, the marine layer. One. And here we had one. <laughs> Yeah, a cool, couple of cool shots, though, past week, week you flowed out. Well, I had one where the hole opened up when I got there. I, oh, yeah, the kayak. Yeah, I got yeah. one with the hat off. Mm-hmm. I took the hat off. Who took Heather. Oh. Remember the viola? Yeah, 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 yeah. I took her paddling. She'd never done it, and uh, we can't do it here. Oh, we should introduce our guest, Mr. Bob Lee. From
1: Cheers. Now. Good afternoon. Well, well, you were paddling with Heather?
0: Took her paddling. That
1: was her singing at the top of that last track doing oh, the multi-track uh, harmonies
0: oh, wow uh see you can't really uh,
1: rent um
0: kayaks in pedro so um i have to go to long beach i've taken some folks that took raymond raymond dug it mm-hmm. yeah the paddling thing is dr- I mean, she was good for first timer, especially she can conk out she had sissy, out. She even went into the channel and into the ocean a little
1: bit. The oh, wow.
0: Long Beach is, Belmont Shores. So it's almost like a big toilet bowl or mm-hmm. swimming pool. <laughs> we'll <send them> in. <laughs> I, mean, yes, I don't want
1: to know if I want to go paddling no. in the big toilet bowl.
0: No, no, no. Without turd or piss. <laughs> or, uh, you know, what it is, is like it's kind of a bay and there's an island there. And some cat made, I don't know his name, but he was like an Abbott Kenny guy. And he made it like the Venice in Long Beach, mm-hmm. so it's got like Italian names, you got goal, there's and there's stuff. canals, yeah, so you have right? and these people have houses that boats tie up right in their yards, wow. so there's little canals, and for first timer, because they ain't got to deal with any waves or wakes or stuff, it's kind of cool, in fact, we were out there, and there was these chicos, man, I mean, they were like five years old in sailboats, yeah. Damn. little... Five six things. foot sailboats, wow. I mean with the with the mast and one sail and they're like jamming and they're fucking I couldn't believe it. You know, I was whaling. They had their little their tacking and yeah, they had their they little they rudder. And it. And they're, it was wild <laughs> to mm-hmm. see little guys like that and girls mm-hmm. whaling out there. Uh coming and getting some angle going. Ooh. Yeah, it was wild. But um Bob Lee, thanks so much for coming down to Pedro.
1: Oh, thanks for having me down.
0: You know, we've shared so much music-wise, but I've been kind of out of touch with you a little. I did get to see you guys play. Um, Bob plays with a lot of units, but mainly Backbiter. And, uh, oh, well, what we just heard here, Amadon's uh-huh. John Wall. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tell us about that.
1: Well, this is uh, sort of the continuation or the second phase of, uh next phase of what John's been doing after Clawhammer split up. Um, this band started kind of parallel with the end of that one. Um, it's me and him and Steve Reed, who's a much familiar face to Mr. Watt. and yeah. Those who know him, uh, holding down the bass. Uh, a lot many of people, miles
0: in the boat with Mr. Reed.
1: Many miles in the boat, and uh, we've had a lot of people in and out. That particular one you just heard was um, Mark Siegel on percussion and Richie Haas on vibes. Who's
0: played with Saccharin mm-hmm. right, on vibes.
1: And Heather Lockie on vocal.
0: Right, I thought that was just like a, a source a found thing, like you found some choir. So he actually recorded that. Yeah, yeah. Heather's oh, great voice, like Petra. Yep,
1: yeah. yeah. It was it was gorgeous. That's funny how those gorgeous voices and the ability to min- bow the instrument go together.
0: Yeah, that's wild. And uh, you played the drums, mm-hmm. bass,
1: Mr. Reed. Uh, bass was Mr. Reed. Good John job. on guitar and uh, piano. Uh,
0: Chris from Clawhammer. Bag of Rosie. Bagman. What's he doing nowadays?
1: Midget Handjob. Oh wow! With Keith. Keith Morris oh, right. and Tony Malone and. Uh, but John plays
0: with that too. And John plays sax with them. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Are it's, they
0: uh, uh, still kind of dirges behind uh, Keith's poems? Or are they developing?
1: Uh, that's pretty much what I think what it's meant to be. Yeah. The midget. It's exciting though. I play with them every once in a while. It seems what? to another be a, uh, with. Dually? Yeah, they just the percussion ensemble is a rotating cast, mm-hmm. and uh, just about any time we end up on the bill with them, I seem to end up jumping up there.
0: <laughs> what but bean can or? Uh,
1: just bits of metal and uh, throwing. Drums at other drums and
0: <laughs>
1: throwing <laughs> chains at people and
0: we had Perk on. Did you let him use a drum? I got a few stash behind that. So Bob Lee, we ago. do the spin That's cycle, you can jam along. Still.
1: Yeah, I brought a couple of Oh wow. Cool.
0: What are those? Maracas? Yeah. yeah. yeah maracas. Oh I should say we started off the set with John Coltrane with I Wish I Knew. Which coming in today I got told some news. I <laughs> wish I knew, but it was real. Um, and then, then need for St. Cecilia, John Wall, and the Allodons.
1: What, like recorded
0: a year and a half ago?
1: Just Sounds about, good. yeah, the beginning of last year. I played a
0: lot of Clawhammer on the show. I dig him.
1: Wow. Yeah. That was, I think the first time you saw me play wasn't even that. But I think the first time you saw me play was Backbiter. So I remember yeah, going walking absolutely, up. Absolutely, Yep, I remember walking up to you at a criminy show and handing you a tape, and then a couple of weeks later watching you stroll on in, and then we ended up doing shows with Fire Hose that well, year.
0: I really liked the gig. You guys were bad. Me and Raymond went, mm-hmm. and I thought, "Whoa, these are a bad band." And we, I was in Firehose at the time, and we did a. West Coastie, mm-hmm. North Cal.
1: That was a great time, and that was uh, the first and only backbiter excursion out of town. That it's must been, have been over 10, 11, that 12 years. That
0: was 92. 12 years. So TARS come far in between for backbiter.
1: They're uh, few and far between, yeah.
0: For a while, backbiter had an organ.
1: Yep, we were four-piece with Jeff Mundell from Rattlebone. That was exciting. It was uh, kind of, and Steve Reed was playing with us for part of that time too. One of the organ recordings has Steve on it.
0: uh, Is he in Florida?
1: Yeah, he was writing for television.
0: Right, not the band.
1: No, (laughs) for the the medium, (laughs) the idiot box. Yeah, he developed. Blue
0: light mother.
1: (laughs) In fact, our most recent recordings for Backbiter have been uh, played on Spike TV as backgrounds for the show Stripperella which Heath is one of the head writers of.
0: Has Backbiter been recorded?
1: We're getting... That spider We're about ready to. We're, we're about ready to. We have uh, two kind of complete albums worked out that uh, at this point we're trying to figure out when we can go in the studio, but we're working them up, kind of practicing them in sequence. We want to do something where we go in and instead of recording sessions, we want to go in and just play our set every day for like, five or six days and then just pick takes from all of that Call. yeah play live in the studio do just it all
0: roll the dice and see uh,
1: and just roll it and and see what comes out from that i've been kind of res- resistant to digital recording but one of the nice things about it is that you can record a lot without yeah, spending money on economy. tape
0: and then uh yeah there's some flexibility to it
1: yeah it will get
0: better with the sound
1: it's gotten better over the years, better than it was the first time I went and did it and heard a playback, and it was like spikes going through my head. I no just couldn't bottom. take it.
0: Yeah. Really weird. Um, but be sure to flow some so I can play some on the show. I will so do. i big Backbiter fan. Jonathan, uh, the singer, remarkable similarity to Rocky Erickson in his voice. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, well, he's got his own style, but... If you wanted to refer him to somebody, that'd be the closest.
1: Yeah, we're playing with Saccharin next week at the Liquid Kitty Punk Rock Barbecue. Oh, wow. Along along with Fish Camp and... Fish Camp, Philo. And and I think Dukowski's band is playing, too. Uh, Lynn Johnson. Yeah.
0: Sextat, I think. Um, Joe Baiza, played with him last night with Banyan. He was tearing it up. Much respect to Joe Baiza. He said he hurt his shoulder. His shoulder problem.
1: Yeah, I heard that. Last time I saw him play, he was sitting down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, well, when you're uh, less young, you heal slower. I found that out when I flew off my bike. I had to do
1: this record I just uh, came out. I gave you last night. Mm-hmm. Played it on the way down. Oh, wow. Okay. Like it a lot.
0: So that's the opera. But uh, before I was playing with Second Man, and before I made that opera, I made another opera. I had Steve Hodges on the drums in the studio, but touring it, only one tour was Steve Hodges. All the other opera tours were with Mr. Bob Lee, who did a couple, so maybe three, two tours with Joe Biza and one tour with Nels Klein. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play something from one of those tours, maybe the yeah the last tour.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's
0: called "Putting the Opera to Bed" tour.
1: "Putting the Opera to Bed" tour. This was Detroit Alvin's. And my main memory of this show was eating at Hardy's on the way in. And, or uh, Hardleys. <laughs> and uh, getting some kind of food poisoning, and yeah. I played the entire it set. It
0: was on the Ohio Turnpike. Yeah. Because they got, you don't, a lot of these private roads, you can't really pick. They have some, uh, whatever. Monopoly thing, so the uh, gas kiosk. Yeah,
1: it's one, oh, gas, had, it's one gas station and one food pad, and it right, turns and out it to be heartbeat. fucking Hardee's.
0: <laughs> and it did a number on Mobly, so he had to do the uh, gig poison to, uh, <laughs> torture. It was uh, October 23, 1998, it's almost Halloween.
1: Listening to the tapes, it turned out to be one of our better shows, and maybe it should poison me more often. <laughs>
0: uh, Chris Reeves recorded it, mm-hmm. the Detroiters. Uh, who's done a lot of uh, recording for me. Great cat. So uh, maybe we should play it. Yeah? watch for Pedro show. Here is a black game. Mr. Nels Klein wrote us a song, and we're very proud to do it. If a prayer works as they say, then this is a prayer.
2: Floods the womb with life. There's a evil seed.
0: Pours the evil fruit. Purifies the blood.
3: For real.
2: Oh, this is a prayer.
4: names tonight. Excuse me, sir. What's your family name?
3: It's
4: not bad. We're gonna change your name tonight. Your new name is Blackburn. You cool with that? Yeah. What's your name, madam?
3: Rebecca.
4: And what's your last name, Rebecca? Oh, We're gonna give you a new name tonight, Rebecca. Outlaw. Rebecca Outlaw. What's your name? Restful. We're gonna change your name to uh, Lynch. Work with it. Clap your hands, y'all. Huh? Clap your hands. Talking about family names tonight.
0: show bob lee you picked that song there some live prints
1: yeah that's Uh,
0: called family name
1: that's for off the uh uh, we got uh feedback happening i think yep there we go that. that was off the uh one night alone live box set from his 2002 tour um, you can get that off his website at npgmusicclub.com. It's Power
0: generation.
1: Amped. It's worth worthwhile investment, I think. It was a uh, hell of a show. I saw it at the Kodak Theater uh, when it happened, and it was uh, kind of a mind blow to see somebody like Prince come out and play a three-hour show, and about two hours of it was music off his new record or stuff that hadn't come out yet. And it was quite a thing. Quite a thing. Yeah, you were
0: telling Brother Matt about it. He uh, had like gigs after the gigs.
1: There's gigs after the gigs. He still does it once in a while. I saw one back in June at House of Blues and pretty well blown away. Had Wendy Malvoin come out and play most of the set with him and um, just kind of jamming, playing whatever came to mind.
0: Yeah, you said he'd just pick a note and point.
1: Just pick a note and point and see what somebody came up with on the solos just <laughs> uh you know running them off and uh it's kind of impressive to watch somebody play the band like that it's, conducted yeah oh, i
0: think his father was a conductor
1: mm-hmm. he's
0: an amazing man okay before that we had something new uh from the new banging album that'll be out in september a uh, song i wrote for him called Amelia little laughs mr dallas Klein, steve Perkins, willie wallman then we had something new from uh, Gibby Haynes in His Problem. Gibby's new band. That's a song called Mitch Mitchell. That's one Bob Lee picked by Ty because he hadn't heard it. That is a good tune. Yeah. We started off with the live Black Gang. This is Prayer. Uh, you picked this next song here. This is a Backbiter song.
1: Yeah, this is off a record that's um, been in the can for quite a while. We recorded this stuff in 1996. Wow. And... Uh, Frank Kozik's labels man's ruin finally agreed to put it out in 99 and we had a split album with a band called Elope from Sweden uh, which is some of the guys from Union Carbide productions and um, that happened to come out about two months before man's ruin went under completely Since it was ruined <laughs> and
0: uh, Kozak so was the guy makes him posters
1: yeah Frank Kozik. Maybe San Francisco? Mm-hmm. Yeah, by way of Austin. We yeah. met him in Austin back 12 years ago when Clawhammer was doing our first shows back there. And Nice fella.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Nice he fella. He also isn't?
0: did a lot of the artwork for his records.
1: He did, uh, yeah, for all of them. Well, this one. That was one of the that's part of the appeal. Well, that's a photo, but yeah. I guess it's still a, a treatment. Because of the of, uh, star in the Chief. I think that's one Sheriff? of the GTOs.
5: Oh,
0: Oh, sure. (coughs) GTO is Rodney's
1: favorite band. Uh, Because I guess that's what our sound is meant to evoke in the mind of the listener. (laughs) (laughs)
0: 1969
1: Whiskey a Go Go. Yeah.
0: Another Go Go dancer on the back. Mm -hmm. Where'd you record this?
1: This was made at. a studio is kind of a makeshift studio set up by an engineer, by known as Schnibi, at, uh, at rehearsal studios. Is actually at a success a succession of rehearsal studios. Uh, from 4440 District in uh, Comp, where's in Vernon? Vernon, one of those big two story <laughs> buildings.
0: Cockers.
1: It still is. The place used to smell like cat yeah. shit every fucking night <laughs> at practice. That,
0: it's, it's, it's guts. The Fridays were the worst.
1: Yeah. They had, depending what night you went to practice, the Nemo's Bakery is also right there. So it would either smell like jelly donuts or it would smell like rotting carcasses.
0: <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, because uh, funny you say that Dave Alvin told me, I think his parents up around there, and he told me about the stench before Downey. He was
1: up in Downey, and he told me he wrote
0: a poem about it, Vernon. Tense thing. So that's where you recorded
1: Yeah, Schneeby was a really good engineer. He did records for The Obsessed. Oh, Wino. And, and The Toasters. What's Wino
0: some... doing nowadays? Somebody asked me.
1: Uh, Spirit Caravan is the name of his new band, <laughs> and they've been touring around. Space
0: Caravan. The guy's had a Black Sabbath session a long time. Ago. Yeah.
1: And uh, he was part of the ProBot. Oh,
0: with Yeah. I think Lemmy too. Uh.
1: Yeah, there's great photos of him, Grohl and Lemmy and Wino just standing there in the studio. It's not a bad record. I've, uh,
6: I haven't heard it. Uh, like I have it.
1: Well, it's no, it's uh, oh, mostly Grohl playing on everything and uh, <laughs> all of his favorite metal singers from the 80s. The guy from Napalm Death, the guy yeah. from uh, Venom.
0: Oh yeah. Arr.
1: Cookie Monster
0: voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh and they're all still intact.
0: I heard Venom is still playing.
1: They did a show about 5 or 6 years ago at the in Orange County at the the Metal Massacre on that same pad that we played on the, for the Warp tour, the big parking lot oh, yeah. in San Verde.
0: Absolutely. Smoggy hot. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Which seems like probably about the right atmosphere to watch I've Venom. Got
0: some, I've got some uh, live Black Gang from that gig.
1: Yeah, yeah, That's some of good. it's on this, on that, the the tapes I made. Yeah, Bob
0: Lee made a double CD of some uh, Black Gang. Where he got stuff from Steve Reed from the mixing board and like Chris Reeves, other folks. Yeah,
1: I got the uh, both of those Warp shows. Those were interesting. First night in San Diego, we played after Pennywise and Eminem. And uh, sort of provided the soundtrack to the mass exodus. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day we played mid afternoon, and it was kind of, kind of, and that was uh, I think probably the most people I've ever played to. That was six or seven thousand yeah. out in the field you know, played the before Tour, suicidal.
0: You know, Palooza got scissored. A lot yeah. of tours went down this summer, except warp Tour, very successful.
1: It's more organic than uh, a lot of the other ones. It seems like I got the vibe from being there that. Yeah. Uh, people liked it people from the bands came up and introduced themselves and said they were going to be barbecuing afterwards and right. invited no, us to party and a
0: half hour It uh, rotates so there's not all of the mm-hmm. peck in order and uh also the age is really young the median age yeah and so maybe the, there really ain't any other kind of gigs for those cats
1: maybe not there's yeah. organization wise though i was really happy playing out
0: kevin Lyman. Yeah, I was asked to do the big anniversary show in Boston, but I wasn't here. Uh, but he's still plugging away at that, and uh, they actually did good. I mean, some bands, it's like their main thing. Yeah. Like bad Religion, no FX, that's like their main tour.
1: It's the Ozfest for the other side.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Skaters. <laughs> Skaters, okay. Um, so let's play some Backbiter here on the from Pedro Show. That's from 1979, February, Georgie's Garage, over there on 17th Street. Given this uh, CD here, it's got 10 songs. It's the only recording reactionary ever did a practice thing, in the practice pad rather, at shed. And uh, it's trippy to hear this stuff. We had just started uh, trying to write our own songs and it's basically Minuteman with uh, Mark Tambervich singing. And Bob Lee picked that song, again, via the title, <laughs> because he hadn't heard it yet. Big stow- all except Tony Gets wasted.
1: Yeah. Getting existential on the beach sounds like quadrophenia, so
0: It's <laughs> the only one, I mean, I should take responsibility, but I wrote all the reactionary songs, and that's one of the reasons they stink. But that's the only tune where it was written by, uh, the words were written by another cat, a guy named John Chur, who was trippy cat. I had a dream about him on tour. I hadn't seen this guy in 20 years. Went to high school with him. He was way into, like, trying to live forever. Anyway, I had this dream where I come into the store on my bicycle, and I got in one hand a pipe full of mota. And for some reason I know he's a policeman. He's got a gun. He's going to shoot me. So there's the terror, the horror. <laughs>
5: you know, it was a weird dream.
0: It was in Athens, Greece. Um, he was never a mean guy or anything. I don't know why he had that role, and or why I was rolling in there. With the, I, don't know. I had another spacey one the night after too. I'll tell you about that one later. But we're coming the end of the first hour of the August eighth, two thousand four edition of the Watt from Pedro show here in the Love Grotto on Pleasure Point, west of the Rockies, north of the equator, sunny San Pedro, sunny loud San Pedro. Hang tight for hour two. August 8, 2004. It's the second hour of the Watch From Pedro show. <music> It's uh, You, Me, and the Enemy, and uh, they gave me this uh, CD with no names of the songs, uh, so uh,
1: Bob Lee, you got a guess? Uh, we were thinking it might be called You Can't Fake It.
0: Okay, that's a winner. <laughs> uh, and We started out the uh, second hour with Buffalo Springfield, a song you picked, Bob Lee, called Sell Out.
1: Yeah, this was... Uh, a sort of mysterious recording that had been rumored and I think tapes of people who had heard it who tried to recreate it had been circulating and finally this year uh, it finally somehow mysteriously surfaced a full band version of it that had uh, somehow been missed on their box set that compiled most of what they'd put out Um, but uh, I like it and here it is for your listening pleasure
0: well thank you Bob Now it's uh, time to bring aboard Brother Matt in his spin cycle. Mr. Bob Lee will be collaborating, jamming alongside.
6: begin with us. With Dirt will begin with us. Radishes will begin with us. Destiny, prosthetics, and flotation will all begin with us. Big walnuts, Big walnuts yonder, yonder will begin with us. Days, days darker, darker, darker than your nights than will nights with begin with us. High as a kite, as a bull will begin with us. Walled city, fresh pecks will begin with us. With S, come go cease, come, desist, go. cease. Desist. bodies implode. Tumid bodies implode. will begin with, with S. S. A fatal jack off on, on the moon. Begin will, the moon with S. 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 will begin with S. Hop, pop, pop. plop, bebop will begin with S. will begin with And a God of Vita. will begin with S. The nineteenth through twenty-third. Another word, champs. will begin with S. Westward ho, the bees wax. will begin with S. Fix o'clock, o'clock in the morning will begin with, with begin with S. Shit will still begin, begin with S. S.
0: What from Pedro's show? That
1: was uh, something you picked, Bob Lee. That was uh, Nastasia Filipovna, which was a uh, semi improv group that Joe Biza put together with uh, Devin Sarno and myself back in 1993. And that uh, was a live recording we did on KXLU back then. And uh, I think you were on that session. I'm not sure if we got to that part yet, but. Uh, <laughs> That was a good band. That was an interesting time. Before Joe.
0: that, we had little gifts from Future Pilot. And uh, right after Brother Matt's spin cycle, which uh, you yeah, helped out nice. on, Bob Lee, much respect. Thanks
2: for joining
0: me. We had uh, Richard Meltzer with Begins With S. Everything will begin with S. Christians, come to join us. Okay. Uh, coming on the end of the thir- uh, second hour of the August 8th edition of the Watt from Pedro show. Sunny San Pedro. I guess everybody's at the Taste of San Pedro. They changed the name. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. What's it now? Taste in oh, yeah. San Pedro. Yeah. It used to be Taste of San Pedro. Uh, I guess they got weirded out. <laughs> anyway, hang tight for hour three. August 8th, 2004. It's the third. Hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Here's part three of Jack Flanders in Dreams of the Blue Morpho.
5: Eventually, they locate the house of Doña Fernandez. The old woman listens while Nina explains in Spanish why they are there. Doña Fernandez then ushers them into her consultation room. Except for Jack.
8: Tú te quedas afuera. Siéntate. Excuse me. Sit.
5: And that's where we now find him. Sitting alone, mumbling to himself. Sit. Why? What did I do? Senor
9: Flanders? Can I go in now? No. Well, when? She
2: doesn't want you in there. Why not? She said it's for the best. (laughs) Best for who? I figure it was best for me not to ask. But it's all right for you to be in there. Oh, she likes me. Oh,
9: great. Does the old woman know that I'm the one who had a little face-to-face encounter with the light fandango?
2: Amy told her. Oh, well, what
9: did she do? Shrug and say, well, good luck, gringo Jack? <laughs> no, she just nodded her head. What is it? Have I been putting out bad vibes
2: lately? You're just fine.
9: What's your take on this uh Doña Fernandez. You think she's legit? Uh, I'll tell you later. I gotta get back in there. Well, what am I supposed to do? Just sit here all day? You can go for a walk. Mojo, it's a little sleazy out there. Ah, they say this town isn't as bad as it used to be. Oh, well, that really makes me feel a lot better.
2: (laughs) Just think of it as
9: Sleazy
5: Charm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go back. See you later.
5: So, having nothing better to do, Jack goes for a brief stroll. It's an interesting neighborhood. There's an occasional decaying building with ironwork balconies that look like they're ready to come crashing down on your head. And there's the occasional vultures tearing at the garbage. But there's also reggae music coming out of the windows, along with the wonderful spicy smell of Creole cooking. This is a part of Costa Rica that Jack wasn't aware even existed. Mm,
9: thunder. It's not even cloudy. Huh.
5: After a cheery little stroll, Jack circles back and finds Nina standing outside on the steps, waiting for him.
8: Do you want to know what Doña Fernandez said?
5: Well, of course.
8: She said what you are doing is dangerous.
5: Yeah, well, maybe, but
9: if I feel... Jack, need Jack,
8: to... don't interrupt. She said you have taken on something you cannot conquer because you do not know what it is you are fighting. Well, I'm not
9: exactly fighting Shh. it.
8: She said you try to be brave, but you are estupido.
9: Oh, great. Can she help Amy? That's the important thing.
8: She has given Amy an amulet.
9: Well, what is it?
8: You know, amulet.
9: Yeah, I know what an amulet is, but what's it for?
8: For protection.
9: Did Mojo check it out?
8: No. Doña Fernández said no man must touch the amulet.
9: Hmm. So that's it?
8: No. There's something you're not going to like, Jack.
9: Something else? All right. Shoot.
8: You are not to see Amy again. Why not? Those are the words of Doña Fernandez.
9: She means never, ever again? Yes. Okay.
8: You don't want to see Amy?
9: Well, of course I do. But if this amulet does work, but... By the way, did, did you get to see it? Yes. What's it made of?
8: Some smelly herbs.
9: Well, is it supposed to protect Amy, or, or is it supposed to get rid of the light?
8: I don't know. Is that all? No.
9: Okay, this time just aim for the heart, okay?
8: Doña Fernández said Amy must not become involved with any man. Really? I know.
9: Well, if she wears a stinky amulet around her neck, it's probably a vow she'll be able to keep.
8: Doña Fernandez was most adamant. You must stay away from Amy. Okay,
9: no problem. But why wouldn't the old bag... Excuse me, why, why wouldn't Doña Fernandez see me?
8: She said it was not necessary.
9: Oh, right. Well, since we all drove here in Amy's car, and Amy is not supposed to see me, How do I get back?
8: You can take a bus.
9: Back to Manuel Antonio, clear across the country?
8: It's a small country.
9: Maybe I'll just hitchhike.
8: Why don't you rent a -a rent-a-car?
9: Rent a -a rent-a-car.
8: Are you okay? Ah,
9: look, if this actually solves Amy's problem, then everything is just fine.
8: You know that Amy would love to see...
9: Nina, it's okay, believe me. The one thing that I actually look forward to is getting back to Manuel Antonio sitting down on my favorite lily pad at Senor Frogs, listening to Mojo play the piano, and drowning myself in a giant margarita.
8: Ooh, I wouldn't mind joining you. Okay,
5: I'll see you there. Jack and Mojo do rent a rent-a-car and head across the country from Puerto Limón back to Manuel Antonio.
9: So, what did you think of that dear old
2: curandera? Hmm. That old woman was tough to read. I know she called him one of the orishas. I think it may have been Shango. Did you hear the thunder? Yes, why? Shango's trademark is thunder and lightning. Ah. The image connected with Shango is the double-edged axe. The axe is a symbol of shang thunderbolt, which is also his power. Yeah, but why a double-edged axe? His power can cut both ways. It can be unleashed not only against others, but also against yourself. I see. You call on shang and you might end up destroying the good instead of the evil. Why did she cut me out of all of this? Uh, Maybe she figured you'd get in her way. Yeah. So what is that light? She seemed to be saying that she can weaken it. But she didn't say anything about getting rid of it. What's Amy supposed to do, then?
9: Finish off her life as an old maid? It's looking that way. I don't know, Mojo. Have I actually accomplished anything here?
2: <sighs> Too soon to
9: tell.
5: Late that evening, Jack and Mojo arrived back in Manuel Antonio. Nina is waiting for them at Senor Frog's Lilypad Lounge.
9: So Amy is back at the Hotel Bumpador?
8: Yes. Good.
9: Well, I'm getting myself a drink.
8: Mojo? Yeah? After you left, the curandera told us much more.
2: I figured she was holding back while I was in there.
8: She said the light is a jealous spirit.
2: Why is it pursuing Amy?
8: Because in a past life, she had wanted a young man to love her. So she went to a bruja and had a spell put on him.
2: I guess it worked.
8: It did. He then pursued her relentlessly until he became crazy and finally killed himself because of her.
2: Hmm. So how did he reappear as a light in this life?
8: She didn't say.
2: So that light fandango is supposed to be his spirit? I don't know. It figures. But does it feel right? Mm. So, what did the old lady say? In some other life, Amy got a spell put on him. He went crazy, kills himself over her. And he came back in this life to drive her crazy now. That's what the old curanded said to them. But you
9: said it doesn't feel right.
2: Jack. What? What what? I thought
9: I, uh, uh, nothing. Yeah. You didn't hear anything. No. Um. So, uh, so you were saying? I wasn't saying anything. Well, uh, look, uh, I'm going to go for a walk. You want to come?
2: No. I, I get paid for my walks. Oh. My fingers. Oh,
9: oh, oh, yeah. I'll see you later.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: It's the middle of the night. Off in the distance, the waves are gently kissing and caressing the cool white sands of Manuel Antonio. Up on the hill, in Mojo's little bungalow, the air is warm, still. All is calm. All but Jack's dreams. What?
9: What are you say? I don't don't, understand. What do you mean?
2: hello
10: it's me, Amy Amy I'm sorry to wake you at this hour
2: how you been doing up there at the fortress
10: I hate being alone did you see Nina? do you know where she is?
2: she went camping overnight somewhere said she wanted to get in some early morning surfing are you okay?
10: no I'm not I don't feel right are you sick? I don't know Oh Mojo, can I stay with you?
2: You want to stay here?
10: I can sleep on the floor.
2: Not there's room, but you know Jack's staying with me. I know. Aren't you two supposed to keep away from each other?
10: Something is not
2: right. Is it the light?
10: It's the curandera. I think things have gotten worse.
2: Uh, are you being threatened by the thing?
10: No, it's... A, a, the amulet is making me sick. And what she did, it, it's killing the light.
2: Then the old woman's spells are working.
10: It feels wrong, Mojo. Hmm.
2: You want to come here now? May I? No problem. Oh,
10: Okay. See you soon.
2: Uh, That was Amy. You awake?
10: Uh,
2: Sort of. I am now. What's up? She's coming here. But
9: what about dear old Dunya?
2: Amy says whatever she did, it's getting results. But it's not the right results.
9: What's the problem?
2: It's killing the light.
9: You mean now that she's getting rid of it, she, she doesn't want to let it go?
2: Oh, come on, I'm going back to sleep. Wait, well, I think your hunch was right. Oh, which hunch was that? The one about the light not being a threat, even though it strafed you a little. You know, I never bought that
9: past life jealous lover crap. You know, I know what you mean. <sighs> what time is it?
2: Oh, a little after three. Amy's coming over now? That's what she said.
9: You want some coffee?
2: Yeah, we may be up for a while. I forget. Does she drink coffee? I think so. Listen, I got the feel this light. This might be some kind of cold. Uh, Mojo, how can you be attacked by that cold? I thought you said it didn't attack you. Well, true, but it did give me one hell of a headache. Well, wasn't that because you stood between it and Amy? Look, I have no idea. Think about it. Oh, Joe, I just woke up.
9: Okay. you notice the way Amy talks, the way she always says, mm-hmm? Yeah? Well, it's a charming little quirk, but it's like she's saying it to herself, sort of like she's talking to herself.
2: Everybody talks to themselves.
9: Yeah, but it seems like she's reflecting on what she's just said, and... And then she's agreeing with herself. Hmm. You
2: think there's something there?
5: Probably not. It's now four in the morning. Jack, Mojo, and Amy are sitting out on Mojo's porch. Down below, the setting moon is reflecting across the silvery ocean.
10: Mmm. Your coffee is fresh.
9: <laughs> yeah. Mojo picked the beans yesterday. Mm-hmm. I roasted them last night. Really? No. (laughs) I am
10: so gullible.
9: You know, Mojo has a new theory about your light.
10: Hey, Mojo, come on over here. Join us.
9: I uh, noticed you're not wearing your amulet.
10: The smell is god-awful. I mean, does she expect me to spend the rest of my life living alone?
9: Well, if the smell is that bad,
2: you probably would be living alone.
10: Thanks. Mojo, you said you had a theory?
2: Well, I was thinking this light... ...is a code. You know how a lighthouse flashing a light is a signal? It's a marker, you know. There's danger there. Okay. If Amy's light does contain a code,
10: how do we break it? Break the code or break the light?
9: We're not going to break the light. As you've discovered, getting rid of it may not be the wise thing to do.
2: Well, uh, maybe it's like what you were saying early on. Mm, refresh my memory, Mojo. When you were asking Amy about her childhood... Yeah? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff back there that she just doesn't have answers to. Uh.
10: You feel this has something to do with my mother?
2: Well, maybe both your mother and your father. Look, aren't there any aunts or
9: uncles who could tell you about your childhood?
10: I don't know them. We left Costa Rica when I was six years old.
9: Hmm. Well, what about the plantation?
10: You mean where I was born? Yeah.
9: Have you ever gone back there?
10: Uh, once. How long ago? Uh, about five years ago.
9: Mm-hmm. Well, what happened?
10: Mm, Nothing, really.
9: You saw the light? Yes. Did it do anything? What do you mean? Was it more insistent? Did did it try to lure you somewhere? I don't don't know. Why not? Because I
10: don't remember.
2: Maybe we should all get some sleep?
10: I don't like the way you've been questioning me, Uh, Jack.
2: (sighs) You're right. I'm
9: sorry. It's just... I think we need to go out there. You mean the plantation?
10: There's nothing to see.
9: But it is still there.
10: I am not going back.
9: Then will you tell us how to find
10: it? Yes,
9: okay. All
2: right. Uh, well, I'm going to get some sleep. Hey, Jack? Yeah?
10: You want to go for a walk?
9: Um, sure. We can watch the sun come up.
2: I'll catch you two later. Mojo. Yeah? Thanks. I haven't done anything.
10: Thanks for letting me stay here.
2: No problem.
10: Good night.
9: Amy, do you mind if I ask you something?
10: Just ask, okay?
9: Did the light ever talk to you?
10: I don't think so.
9: Tonight, when you called, I I was having one of those, you know... In between dreams, I heard the phone ring and, and I woke up. And the light was, was hovering over my bed. It was talking to me.
10: What did it say?
9: I, I couldn't understand it.
10: You, you say it really was a dream.
9: Yeah, it was. One thing I did notice it changes shape. I know. In all the years you've been aware of it, has it changed? Of
10: course. When I was a child, it was so so pale, almost invisible. I could see right through it. Mm Mm-hmm.
9: A lighter shade of pale. Hmm? Oh, oh, uh, nothing. Go on.
10: Over the years, it became an oval or a circle. Sometimes, sometimes it had the shape of a face.
9: Mm Mm-hmm. A face?
10: Well, there were no features. I mean, it was a face that was blank.
9: Mm-hmm. Well, did it, did it ever throb or, or pulsate? When we saw it in Monteverdi, it was pulsating so rapidly, it, it was almost like like flickering.
10: Yes, it has, but... Will you do something for me?
9: Sure, name it.
10: Will you hold me? Of course. Mm.
9: Are you cold? No. You're shaking.
10: I know. Mm. There's the sun. Hmm? Over there. Oh, yeah.
9: Huh. Everything's waking up. Maybe we should get some sleep. Jack. Hmm? Thank you. No problem.
5: Later that day, Nina returns, having spent the morning surfing. We find Jack and Nina having a late lunch at the Café Malagro. I'll have a cappuccino.
7: Uh, Un café con leche.
5: Uh,
8: Así.
9: You know, Nina, I always thought Costa Rica was just another banana republic.
8: Jack, when you call a Latin American country a banana republic, that is an insult.
9: Oh, a little sensitive, are they?
8: Yes. Do you know why?
9: Well, because they grow bananas.
8: Look, back in the late 1800s, there were two American fruit companies that merged together and formed the United Fruit Company. You have heard of them, right? Mm, Yeah. The United Fruit Company then became the overlord of the political economies in Central America. By the 1920s, much of the jungle to the south of Puerto Limón had been transformed into banana. In fact, everything was bananas, bananas, bananas.
9: As far as the eye could see.
8: Exactly. The United Fruit Company manipulated the political system. They ran the country. That's why Costa Rica was called a banana republic.
9: But there's still a lot of bananas being grown here.
8: Yes, it's still the major crop of Costa Rica. It was not until recently that tourism replaced bananas as the number one earner of foreign currency.
9: Oh, so tourism is more, uh, appealing.
8: Yes, it's... appealing. Sorry. Are you being funny?
9: I tried, but anyway, tell me. How is life down on the old banana plantations nowadays? Terrible. Oh.
8: There's been strikes and riots. Illegal immigrants are brought into work below minimum wage. The plantations kept expanding. They wiped out thousands of acres of virgin jungle. Hmm. It has only been in the last couple of years that the prices for bananas have dropped and they've cut back production.
9: Oh. Well, I sort of like bananas.
8: Jack, you would never eat another banana if you saw what they do.
9: You mean no more bananas with my cornflakes?
8: Listen to me. The fertilizers they use wash into the streams and cause grasses to grow and clog the canals. Mm. Those fertilizers are the principal cause for the death of coral reefs of Costa Rica. Yeah, but... Bananas are prone to disease. The insecticides they use get into the rivers and kill the fish. Plastic bags are wrapped around the fruit stems and filled with insecticides and fungicides. Once the stems are cut, they dump the bags into streams where they wash out into the ocean. The sea turtles mistake them for jellyfish, eat them, and suffocate. Oh, my
9: God. I can never eat another banana.
8: No, you can eat bananas. I can? But only if it is an organically grown banana. Oh? It is important you support the organic growers. If you do that, you can eat as many bananas as you want. Now, do you feel better?
9: You know, I, I didn't
5: really need that.
8: Oh, yes, you did.
5: Later that day, Jack and Mojo head out to the old plantation where Amy lived when she was a child. As they drive along... Past rolling fields of coffee plants. Mm mm. They sure do grow a lot of coffee beans down here.
9: Mojo, just don't mention that to Nina, okay? Why's that? You know, I brought up the subject of bananas and she almost beat me senseless. With what? A banana? A whole (laughs) bunch of bananas. Mojo, these environmentalists may save the world, but in the meantime, they're taking all the fun out of my life.
2: <laughs> oh, man, she got to you, too.
9: <laughs> Listen, just don't say anything about growing coffee, okay?
2: Well, from what you told me... Picking coffee beans is really backbreaking work, and the workers get paid Mojo, so little. Stop! I just don't need to hear this. Well, you know there's some fine-grown
9: organic coffees. Yeah, I know. And what would make Nina happy is to see me walking around in hemp sandals, wearing undyed organic cotton shorts, with a with a cup of organic coffee in one hand and an organic banana in the other.
2: <laughs> you could call yourself organic man. Yeah. Right. Uh, speaking of bananas, according to this map Amy drew, the old banana plantation should be coming up right up there. Hmm. Ah, I guess that must be the old hacienda. Hmm. Big. Uh, looks like it's about ready to cave in. Do you think it's safe for us to step in there? Hmm. I guess we can find out. Not much in here. Ah.
9: Wonder if there's any snakes. Nah. There's big spiders up there. Probably eat them. (laughs) Mojo, do you get any kind of a feeling off this place?
2: Hard to say. A lot of history here.
9: It's all jumbled up. Mojo, I just saw someone outside the window. Where? Over there. I don't see anyone. You go around that side of the house, and I'll go around this side. One of us should see him. I'll meet you on the other side. Right. Hmm. It's impossible to walk around here without a machete. God. Oh, there's a path over there. Appears to be leading off into those trees. Yeah, there's fresh footprint's here. Now, whoever he was, he... has very small feet he maybe she came up the path and then must have seen our car parked over there and then retreated back into the trees. There is someone up there. It's a woman. She's been watching me. In fact, it looks like... No. It, it, it can't be. Hello? Hello? Excuse me, do you know anything about this place? Hmm, maybe she doesn't understand English. Buenos dias? Nothing. My God, it is her. Amy, Amy, what are you doing here?
10: Stay away, please. Amy? I don't know you. What? Leave me alone, please.
9: I- I'm sorry, I I didn't mean anything. Hey, hey, don't run away. Who are you calling? It was Amy. You mean here? Well, she acted as though she'd never seen me before. Mojo, I don't... What are you looking at? Behind you. What? Oh, my God. There's the light. It's hovering right where Amy was standing.
10: Jack, I wasn't there.
9: Amy, I saw you.
10: You didn't see me. I did. It wasn't me.
9: Look, are you sure you didn't trance out? I, I don't know, just drive out there or something in I, a trance? I
10: did not trance out, Damn it. Well, maybe you were just sort I of... was here all day. Ask Nina.
9: Mojo just went over to see her.
10: Thanks for believing me.
9: Well, look, if what you're saying is true... It is! Well, then it means that your light may be able to transform itself into... You? What? I mean, to look exactly like you.
10: This is crazy. I know. Is that possible?
9: I have no idea.
10: Did you actually see her turn into the light?
9: Well, no. You were starting to. I mean, the woman who looked exactly like you was starting to walk away, and then when I heard Mojo's voice, I, I turned around, and when I looked back, she was. Was
10: she dressed exactly like I am now?
9: She wasn't wearing shorts. She was wearing gray slacks and, and a white blouse with, with uh, flowery embroidery, you know, sort of Costa Rican. She was darker than you, more tan, I'd say. Her hair was different. It was darker and longer.
10: Did she look anything like me?
9: Yes, exactly.
10: Oh, I don't know, Jack.
9: Well, listen to me. I was talking to her, and the, the distance was like, well, from here to over there by the door. And she started to walk away, and I called to her, and when Mojo came up, I turned to say... Mojo safe. saw her? Well, no, but when I looked back, the light was hovering exactly where I'd just seen her.
10: But you said she walked away.
9: Well, she was starting to walk away.
10: So when your back was turned, she became the light?
9: Maybe.
0: Walk from Pedro show. That's uh, Papa Woody, protege of Nels Klein, doing kind of a trippy thing. We didn't
1: expect that. Woody on a slow jam. <laughs> you know, I remember one solo career show. The one song Woody wanted to learn was Mellow My Mind by Neil Young. And we did it at New Music Mondays after Nels had given it over to uh, Stinson. And, yeah, and he was looking at us kind of funny up there on his stage of his avant garde club playing Neil Young covers. Yeah,
0: but it wasn't Pablo Cruz.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Uh, he may have had a Hawaiian shirt on, I can't remember. <laughs> oh man. Wingtips. <laughs> remember wingtip shoes? I got a pair of wingtips to wear with the kilt.
0: You never see uh, cats wearing those anymore. And when I was in grade school, that was a big dealio. They hurt
1: like shit. They They're weighed
0: like, like thirty pounds,
1: <laughs> like le- sponge diver. <laughs> well, they like Hard bend cat. in the opposite <laughs> direction of your foot, so it's. <laughs> just... Bob Lee, what's
0: next for you, music-wise?
1: Um, we got a new Amadon's record just out which we played at the beginning of the That's show. That's right. Um, just fairly recently, there was a Rotters five-song EP that was released and sold by us at our shows and is kind of a oh, ste- wow. stealth release.
0: We're going to play some Rodders next, where you play yeah. drums and sing.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: but the Rodders are no more.
1: There, we're on temporary hold because our guitarist is in the Grand Cayman Islands with his family for the next year or so.
0: I saw the VW bus... Yeah, That's pretty wild.
1: Yeah, the Green Hippie Bus is yeah. uh, still up around uh, Silver Lake, can be spotted.
0: Wow. Now, for those who don't know, the Rotters were in the old days. That I first saw them at the Second Mask, where they had an Asian singer. Yeah. And the first song they played was called Amputee, and he somehow folded his leg back and would come out there with crutches, <laughs> hopping around, I'm an amputee, you know. It was, <laughs> i don't know how he did it he had it like like the day of the jackal remember that when the oh,
1: yeah. uh, nigel nitro is a radio personality in japan now oh is he yeah
0: nigel nitro that was his name yeah right, yeah, right. fester we're, we're swollen my friend redondo
1: <laughs>
0: wow he was cool i don't know how he bent his leg back like that god damn so i got bad knees and it's just hard it was hard for me to even look at
1: fester said they got booed at the mask
0: yeah, were, kind of.
1: They were. Uh, I,
0: I liked them. They're okay.
1: They were a little okay. too dorky for uh, for Hollywood. They did Dead Boys covers and.
0: Yeah, they did some. They did their big song was "Sit on My Face," Stevie Nicks yeah. and uh, Rodney on the Rock would play that a lot. He wore a, like a Nazi. Fester wore a Nazi outfit, sort of black uh, stuff with an armband. And Boy, like, I never saw pictures of that. Yeah. And, uh, but Dorky, come on, all the bands were dorky. One time, this was the second one on Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, yeah. One time I saw a gig there, the Eyes were playing. And Charlotte just left, Bone Break. And it was Joe Ramirez's band, the singer. And he's up there playing, and somebody comes. I mean, this is how loose the scene was. Somebody came in the club with a huge bucket of the parking lot, when it would rain, it turn into a big mud pie you know and somebody had a big bucket of mud and threw it on him while he was i was playing all over his face his guitar he didn't stop he had mud all over the whole thing i mean mud a few pounds okay it wasn't like a little splatter it was his from starting with his face all the way down over all the strings and he just kept singing and plus you know god what happened to that guy you know, Joe Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he'd sing with his mouth really wide open. He'd go, ah, rah, rah, rah. And all oh, the mud went in his mouth too. <laughs> but he kept charging. Their big song was "Blow Up Disneyland." Yeah. yeah. Somebody, I think somebody put a CD out. Of
1: Danger stuff. House.
0: Yeah. Like, and another big song of theirs was "Take a Quaalude Now," T A Q N. It was known <laughs> as the acronym. <laughs> Fall down on the floor, take a Quaalude now. (laughs) Yeah, we're so happy. They had a lot of good songs. Did they do Let's Shoot Maria? No, that was uh, Dead Beats. Yeah, that's right. Maria! (laughs) Uh, The drummer hung himself a few months ago. They were two brothers, right? The singer and the drummer.
1: Oh, I hadn't heard that.
0: Yeah, Sean, I think his name was. And, in fact, he used to play sideways.
1: Like face the kit the on whole the band. side.
0: Yeah, he'd be on the side of the stage and then face and sideways. No means no. Yeah, sort of like that.
1: And uh,
0: I kind of got into that. I like the drummer kind of. I don't like the traditional thing with the drummer's way in the back. hate it. On a riser, like he's coming out of a cake. <laughs> Just never dug it. I remember when Biscuit played for dancing and he was like on top of a giant goat head or something <laughs> like this 20 foot goat head
1: you get lowered in on the realms of deep gargoyles <laughs> yeah. flying through the sky did you hear about uh, Glenn
0: getting punched by the opening band guy or no he had some band that, or some band was supposed to open they didn't and uh, punched him out Glenn got into space or something dang yeah because he looks like he, but he, you know, he's pretty muscular. Like he yeah, he's him not himself. tall, but he's uh, he's large. Not a big reach. <laughs> but uh, that, sad to hear. I, I don't know who told
1: me. Uh, That's too bad.
0: fits were a very happening band.
1: They were. The latest edition is coming to open for Alice Cooper at the Greek Theater this is fall. Is Dezo in it? I think so. He yeah. was in it last year when I saw right, it.
0: Right. Right. Dezo's living in Brooklyn now
1: yeah it's Dezo and Marky Ramone
0: yeah Mark Bell from yeah. the Voidoids yeah that's uh, trippy I a lot of people know him only as Marky Ramone you know I turned somebody on to the fact he was a Voidoid and hey you gotta listen to Blank Generation and he said when he heard it it was like whoa this guy can play fills
2: yeah listen like, to
0: some dust oh yeah because in Ramones, there's no fills. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> no fills. Oh, it's a heavy thing. Somebody
0: just did an interview with Tommy.
1: Oh, wow. Is he st- Tommy still producing?
0: <laughs> I think Big Takeover. You know, Jacks. Yeah. Tome. <laughs> Those uh-huh. things are like 300 pages. <laughs> and I think there's a big interview there. We got some pounding, brother, Matt. Oh, okay. Uh, so... I'm sorry, I sidetracked you. You got uh, rotters coming out. So we got rotters coming
1: out. out. Uh, The uh, the Amadons is out. Backbiter's hoping to hit the studio in the next couple of months. Developing uh, two different things, kind of simultaneously, and uh, we'll see where it goes from that. I've been playing some music with some guys at uh, my office, which is turning into something that might. uh, Jubilical rock. Man, there's our name I hadn't thought it. we've been we've been thinking about a name it would be the cubicles and we can have little like compartments on stage that we get to control our monitor sound and
0: oh, dear
1: throw notes at each throw other over the, the, th- over the, the wall
0: walls. oh wow so th- that's what you got going now well, yeah yeah What happened to the bass player for uh, Klai
1: Rob Walther is uh, pretty much retired from music. Uh, We did a uh, reunion show a couple of years ago for our friend Doug's 40th birthday party, and he played at that, but he hasn't uh, really picked up the bass, but he has um, started a label, Rudek Records, which is the one that put out that Amidons Amidons record that you have. So Bagman? And Bag of Rosie's just starting, uh, continuing to play with Midget Handjob okay. and and keeping busy.
0: Because Clyhammer was a
1: great band. Yeah, I, li- I really liked being in it. It was uh, it was a real good band when I joined it.
0: Yeah, people should know about Bob Lee a little bit. He's not really from L.A. He uh, grew up in New Jersey, Lambertville. Lambertville. And did pretty intense thing. just came out here. I want to play in a band, and he played with a lot of cats. Crawl Space?
1: Crawl Space was the first. Uh, Cowgirls? Didn't play in the, I lived with the Lazy Cowgirls. That's
0: right, that's right.
1: And I actually was supposed to play with them one time, and uh, I think I went to score weed and was delayed. And that was the end of that. <laughs> Snooze, you lose. It was, it was a learning experience. <laughs> So, yeah, he
0: just came out here and...
1: What year was that he came out? 1988. The year, did of, Iffin. Uh, Iffin. the year of... The uh, year of Bush election. In fact, he was elected, I think, th- two or three days after I got out here. It's and so uh,
0: intense, you know? I'm just going to go out there and play. Yeah,
1: yeah I, remember, I saw you doing and stuff about a week before I left at Revival in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, you just made that. Everybody thought it was a uh, Husker. I took a picture of the wall in my apartment. I had a one-room apartment for 14 years, and there was a picture of Husker on the wall. But, you know, you put a picture of another band on the album cover, yeah, people thought, is this Husker Do album? (laughs) It wasn't at all. I actually was taking a picture of the Kachina doll, Mm -hmm. but they were on the wall there. And so, yeah, it was like... (laughs) I was trying to side-mouse on the Huskers. Not at all. Much respect to them. Uh, so we came out here, and h- how did you meet the Clawhammers? Was it an ad?
1: They were friends with Crawl Space. Oh, and that's we right. And uh, we did shows with them and kind of got to know Chris a little bit. Because they had a
0: drummer before you.
1: Rick Sortwell from Long Beach. Right. Who passed away last year, sadly. Oh, and um they were right at the point that they were looking for a new drummer as rick was getting ready to leave i had flown back out to new jersey to get my mom's car because i was out here kind of struggling and couldn't it was taking the bus to band practice or scamming rides and stuff and i lived in the valley those guys lived in long beach so that wasn't That's gonna work. hell right. oh, <laughs> so i got uh, i just the weekend i arrived with my car i got the message that they were ready to get started looking for somebody else and and, you know, off it went. A lot of uh, what I've done just kind of grew out from, from being in Crawl Space and kind of making friends an with people. Just being A lot of uh, Crawl Space was improvised, right? Right when I started, it wasn't. It was more uh, Stooges-like. Was when I saw their ad, that was an ad. I, the day after I got to town, I opened up the Recycler, and it was band looking for drummer that hits hard into... Butthole Surfers, MC5, Sonic Youth, and Beefheart—I think was was the ad. So that well,
0: was uh, Clawhammer's named after Beefheart song. That's right, Orange Clawhammer, Trap Mask.
1: Yeah, Crawl Space was named after a Klaus Kinski film.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. Um. And then I saw you with Backbiter. That was the connect.
1: Mm-hmm. I met Jonathan through Friends of Crawl Space, too. He was playing drums for Mike Snyder, who was a a compadre of the Angry Samoans and kind of known guy on the scene. he had a band called the Kings of Oblivion. And Jonathan was playing drums with them, and he wasn't using a hi-hat, and at the time neither did I, so we were sort of like brothers in arms against hi-hats. Is Jonathan from here? He's from Rhode Island. He's from
0: Rhode Island. That's right, because he was telling me last night
1: he saw Richard Hell. Mm-hmm.
0: When he was a teenager, yeah L only played once on the West coast, and I think it wasn't until eighty,
1: yeah, it was later,
0: so that's wild, <coughs> so he's Rhode Island too, and he just came out here,
1: yeah, Damn. just just going for it. He had a band called the Porno Sponges that I think yeah, all right. moved out, right starting in San Diego, and then ended up here, and then he was also living with Casey, who was promoting for Raji's yeah. and the uh on the gigs. So it was a very beneficial relationship just because as soon as we got started out of the gate, we had gigs. gigs. You know, if they had somebody cancel we, on we a Tuesday drove. night, we would just take take hey. it and show up and play.
0: We drove by the Shamrock. It's no...
1: <laughs> well, Cheetahs. Yeah, some girly thing.
0: I did a video there for uh, Mannequin. I remember that. Dave
1: Markey. I remember that Dino's in it. yeah. Wow. Trippy, how things
0: come together. Yeah. L.A. Uh, ma- magnet
1: for people who want to get going with music. It was where I wanted to be. It was where a lot of the bands that I liked were from. It seemed like I'd be able to find somebody that was interested in doing what I was doing. And it's trippy because
0: New York City so much closer. Philly, D.C., yeah but i
1: didn't there weren't any bands happening right at the time that i was like i really want to be in that band like if they lose their drummer i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it (laughs) um it was funny right in
0: the wings
1: how much that scene sort of dried up after 10 years earlier having been like the fount of creativity by the middle 80s there were not very many good new york bands yeah yeah the one good Jersey band was Regressive Aid, and that was my friend Sim and Andrew, who moved out here to yeah. be in Rollins's band. I heard band.
0: Sim's uh, got a hurt ankle.
1: Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, I it was talked to those it healed wrong,
0: so it has to be redone, and he's hurt.
1: Oh, man. That's well, let's awful. play
0: this uh, Rodders right here. All right. Tell us something about it.
1: We did this at uh, the Lincoln Lounge in Venice about two years ago. And this was the first recordings from the Rotters to be released after about 1985, I think. Okay. So this is the first release in nearly 20 years. Bob
0: Lee with the Rotters, for Pedro Show. I want to thank you so much for coming on board, joining Brother Matt, myself, here in the Love Grotto on Pleasure Point.
1: Oh, it's great to be here.
0: San Pedro, California. Now you got a little voyage to make back to Burbank.
1: Sunny Sunday afternoon.
0: All right. And I want to thank you so much, though, for coming down, because it's a
1: you've been very generous with your
0: music with me. I love playing with you, and like I was saying last night, I got plans for another Black Gang album. And uh, I'm going to make this Cleveland record next, and then one after that is going to be Black Gang. uh, That's Bob Lee and Nels Klein. So
1: Thrilling to me. That
0: was one of my uh, favorite units to tour with, man. And Steve Reed, even with the microphone. (laughs) Right? He's doing sound, but I let him have mics who could sing with us. I got to see that guy play again. He's the best. Anyway, August 8th, 2004 edition of the WAP from Peebro show. Uh, Next week I'm in New York City, so uh, hold tight for two weeks and keep your powder dry.